Hello there. Thank you for joining us again on The Basic and The Brain. For those of you who may have missed us the last few weeks, we're Alina and Maddie, aka The Basic and The Brain, and we're here to bring Botox and Bravo to the fucking table for your next dinner party. Yeah, I mean, think of it as us bringing basic bitch topics into the intellectual sphere. So grab yourself a glass of wine, or White Claw, or whatever hard seltzer, alcoholic drink of preference, (laughs) and join us for this week's episode. So lots of thoughts and feelings this week. Um, I'm sure you watched the second episode, uh, or sorry, third episode of And Just Like That. Um, Do we want to start off with just like, Top of mind, initial like thoughts. Yeah, why don't you go first? Yeah. Um. So I felt like this episode was smoother this time around. So I know in our last review that we did, we kind of talked about how it was like very in your face. Like I felt like they were trying to make a point in the first two episodes of who these characters were and what they're about and. Um, you know, some of the like offhanded comments, like black Samantha, like, I actually felt like this episode was a lot smoother where it felt like, okay, now you can see them starting to like take their time a little bit with the storyline and adding in a little bit more context. And there was just like a bit more fluidity. Um, I will say I fucking called it when it came to Charlotte's motherhood thing. I was like, knew it, knew I was like, caught that shit. Um, I, I had no idea that Sanford and Charlotte, um, had drama. I like never noticed it, I think before in sex in the city. So I thought that was, I don't know if they did. I don't remember them having drama. Right. So that I felt like that was a little off. I was like, what the fuck? Um, I also, and I didn't mention this last week, but the whole Miranda coming out Cause yes. I, yeah, I felt it initially when her and Che were were talking or speaking to one another. Mm-hmm. I was like, are they going to go down this route? Because as we all know, Cynthia Nixon is lesbian. Um, so I was like, huh, I wonder if they're going to like pivot her character now. And then when she had that whole scene with her and um, Charlotte, and she said something along the lines of, oh, you know, we're just roommates who like love dessert yes. and have a kid. And yep. We don't have sex anymore for years. I was like, for years. I yeah. was like, I don't care how long y'all have been married, but for years, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't have sex for a week and I become a fucking monster. Are you kidding me? Years? Um, anyway, so those were kind of just like some of the initial top of mind things that came that came to me when I was watching um, last night's episode. Yeah. So it's so funny that you mentioned that you felt like this episode was smoother. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually felt like, okay, this episode feels more like this the actual Sex and the City series. Yeah. Like it felt a little bit more like normal. Like, okay, these are the, you know, the girls that we know and we love. Yep. Um, it's very clear that there, I, I still feel like there are some, some references that are just like so 2021. Like 100%. the constant ref, like references to the pandemic. Like, oh, I saw her pre-pandemic at Bergdorf's. Like, okay. We get it. You could have just said like, I saw her a couple months ago or I saw her. What I don't know. I feel like little things like that where it's like, like, are we trying too hard? Although the other thing that I, that I thought of, or, or I was trying to like remember Sex and the City, because think about it. That was 20 years ago, right? I think it was 17 years ago. So therefore I was like, I was like 
Devedmath. I was like 15, <laughs> I think. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. 32 minus 17. So I was like 15 when Sex and the City stopped airing. Mm. And so I don't know if it was just like at the time I felt like I, I just didn't understand half of the references, I'm sure, because I was 15 or mm. younger. B, I also feel like maybe there just wasn't that much going on in the world. I don't know, but it, it definitely feels like they're trying a little bit hard and they're trying to be really, really, really relevant. Um, I think it's interesting that they are bringing in what feels like every experience that anybody can have it can be having at any point in time right now. Mm. Um, and I think that that's like cool and I understand why they're doing that. But at the same time, it's like these women don't live typical lives, right? Like mm-hmm. not everybody lives in a, um, like a pre-war Park Avenue, like just not, not everybody's a multimillionaire living yeah. in New York. And I, it just, I feel like they could, they could, sl- they could calm down a little bit with that and bring in like important oh. topics, but it doesn't have to be Miranda questioning her sexuality, Che being, um, mm-hmm. you know, representing everyone that isn't cisgender, you know, Carrie going through this, Charlotte also dealing with her daughter, you know, questioning her, mm-hmm. um, I guess her gender identification. All the, it, It's just, I feel like it's a lot in a very yeah. short period of time. So like, one more thing. But, well. yeah. Oh no, I was just going to like mirror what you said because I was just thinking about the fact that, yeah, so the show aired from like 98 to 2004. And the biggest thing that happened in that time period was 9-11. And I'm a hundred percent sure they didn't refer to 9-11 and what happened during that time period, during that thing. So like Sex and the City was very different because there was almost like this level of like, like disbelief that you had to have when you were watching the show. Like, can their income levels really afford them the life that they're living? Mm -hmm. Can Carrie really be like homies and friends with all of these designers? Um, Can they really have this kind of like lavish lifestyle? Are they really, you know what I mean? There's like a, a sort of like sense of disbelief that you have to have while watching it to really enjoy it as a form of escapism. So I felt yeah. like they weren't trying to be like modern or in the times or talking about things that were relevant socially. And so to see them kind of take such a massive shift in tone and try yeah. to be more like relevant socially and bringing up a lot of like sort of the social narratives that are going on right now. Um, it just doesn't feel as sex in the city ish to me. And I get it. It's yeah. an entirely different show, but it does feel very much in your face. And I'm always like sitting there. I'm like, this isn't why I had watched the original series. I had watched the original series as a form of escape. And now it's like, I'm being reminded of like the day-to-day struggles of like a pandemic that like a lot of people have PTSD about, about, you know, for me, like being a woman of color and hearing them say the black, the black Samantha thing, like that for me, was just like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like when I watch the show, I'm not watching it to be reminded of like the shit I have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. I want to be taken away. Like take me on this story, this beautiful fucking journey. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to marry your thoughts on that, but go yeah, on. no, no, no. The, the other thing I wanted to say was when you, um, you mentioned hearing you say like the third episode felt very different than episodes one and two. I looked up who the writers were to see if it was the same writer and it's not Michael Patrick King, who is the director for sex and city. Mm-hmm. Um, or I guess he's like a long time director. He's not the only director, but he directed or he directed and wrote episodes one and two. Interesting. And then he directed episode three, but it was written by Julie Rottenberg and Elisa Zeritsky. So it's, God, I wonder if that's like maybe why you feel that. And, you know, mm. it never really occurred to me um, previously that a writer can actually shift like the entire 
feel of the show Mm -hmm. um, and how important it is for like them to all be on the same page about like, okay, what is the voice? Like, who are these people? Do we write with like fast dialogue or slow dialogue and so on and so forth? And that's like just shit that I feel like as a viewer, you don't really think about. But I have a couple of friends that are screenwriters Mm. and it's like interesting because I can tell their work when I'm like reading it or or listening to it or whatever it is. And so Mm. it, it really does matter. Um, so maybe that's why. And it looks like the rest of the episodes are, we have two that are coming up that are by completely different um, writers and sorry, three that are coming up. And then Julie, Elisa and Michael Patrick King actually are teaming up for a couple of episodes as well. So interested to see what that looks like. Huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. First two episodes, definitely uh, tearjerkers. So um, good to know that we're getting sort of diverse trainers. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do have a question for you because when I was watching this episode and for our listeners, um, I mean, if you're listening to a review about the episode, I hope to God that you watched it and we're not spoiling it for you. But and I don't uh, fucking care if we are, quite frankly, because <laughs> you should you should have watched it by now. So it's not it's not my problem. We gave you a weekend. This airs on Mondays. Like you had time. Um, but I thought the premise of big leaving Natasha one million dollars in his will, like. I was very much like, what the actual fuck? And then for me, I guess it's like PTSD. Because as you know, when my dad died, there's like all this drama that went on with the ex-wife, the current wife, the kids, whatever. Um, So seeing that play out was interesting, but kind of curious to hear your thoughts as to like how you felt when you saw that. I mean, I didn't know what to think. I was like shocked. And I was hoping that there would be some kind of reveal as to why he did it. So no, like, again, this is one of those things where it's like, okay, we're going to explore Carrie's like grief. I felt like she seemed very, very, very fine. And mm-hmm. I, they don't, I don't think they really like clarify how long went by, but the fact that they're just reading the will makes me think that it's like, not that many months have gone by at this point. Um, I, I, first of all, I agree with Carrie. I would be horrified if anybody, you know, if Mark left, like if Mark left a fucking shoe, like an old dirty smelly shoe towards an ex. Are you kidding me? I would have dug him up. Oh, I guess he's cremated big, but you know what I'm saying? Like his ashes would have been scattered in places that weren't in as well. Put it that way. Um, so I, I, I agree with her. I think the whole stalking Natasha thing was a little bit like, Carrie, are you fucking kidding me? You think she's going to talk to you even if she does know why? I probably would have held the check up in front of Carrie's face and been like, bitch, this is because you stole my fucking husband. You know what, though? I will say that I actually like that because that just brings me back to like typical shit that Carrie would have done. And I think it was also going back to your topic like last week where you were, you know, like a little bit bereft by the fact that she wasn't grieving. I mean, she killed him. I was bereft that she killed him. I mean, yes. I think still that like this is her way of like grieving where she's like the lack of sleep, kind of like that craziness that's setting in. Um, so I kind of actually liked seeing her spiral a little bit. She said she was fine until she found out about the million dollar payout, the hush money. <laughs> like, right? So she was like, I was fine. I was okay. I was doing okay. And then that's what pissed her off. If anything, I feel like it's like, okay. Like she's acting like that's, I think, a normal wife reaction. But at the same time, it's like you care more about the the fact that he left money to somebody. Yeah. 
Yeah. Outwardly, outwardly, right? And again, yeah. we know this is fiction. This is not real, but it's just like, I don't know. I have a lot, I, I just have a lot of feelings about it. It's yeah. like, come on, you don't even fucking cry. Yeah. yeah. You think about yourself and think about it, right? She opens up the door to Miranda before the guy's body is even gone. By the way, Miranda lives in Brooklyn. I don't know what fucking helicopter or teleportation <laughs> device she's taking, but there is no way in hell she could have made it to the, I think she was in the Upper East Side in the show, to the Upper East Side in that span of time. Unrealistic. I don't like it. But anyway, you know what I'm saying? Like her first question, I just feel like Carrie's very selfish. I mean, but isn't that like characteristic? What do I do? But isn't that like character? Okay, well, first off, I'm, I interpret that whole scene a lot differently than you do. I think that it's a lot more in my head, like romantic um, in the sense of like, what do I do now? Because Carrie and Big, like that was the whole lead up of their story, right? Through Sex in the City. Now that he's gone, what does she do? Um, but anyways, besides that, I think it's also in line with what her character was in the first, in the six seasons of Sex in the City too. Like, come on, like when you're able to watch it as an adult, let's be real, Carrie can be annoying as fuck and she is kind of selfish like let's be real that is kind of core to her character a bit yeah I guess I guess she is a little bit like a little bit of a loser in the way that she like grovels at pig's feet but I also know that that's probably like very high horsey of me (laughs) I don't know anyway moral story is I just feel like it makes her look really 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 selfish in Mm -hmm. the wake of her her the love of her life's death. She yeah. didn't call nine one one. Okay, I mean, but she her did end up calling. She called nine one one after he was dead. That's not how it works. Yeah, she called nine one one to get the body, Michael, not to like, save the body. Like the writer came out in an article that I shared with you talking about why they made that creative decision. I understand that. And now maybe, maybe with all of the stuff that's come out this (laughs) week, I wonder if they were trying to distance themselves from big because they had a feeling that the shit was coming out. Conspiracy theory. I just Um, saw a meme today that like killed me. And it was like, now we understand why Carrie didn't call 911. And I was like, (gasps) So that is horrible. And for our listeners who may not be in the know, but like clearly y'all should be because it's all over the headlines. Um, Chris Noth has been accused of sexual assault um, by two women who have come out in a pretty explosive article in The Hollywood Reporter, um, essentially saying that when they were younger, they had experiences with Chris Noth and he essentially raped them, which is very, very, um, I mean, it's a pretty horrifying read. Um, this isn't like Dave Portnoy where it was like consensual and it was like, oh, he was a little bit aggressive and, you know, like that kind of framework. This is like straight up. He forced himself on me. Um, so, you know, Peloton pulled the ad, that infamous uh, ad of big being live again. Um, Ryan Reynolds back up. I have no idea. They felt like they could do it. Maybe Ryan Reynolds came out. uh, Well, he didn't, Ryan Reynolds didn't say anything. Basically he just removed any reference to the Peloton ad on his socials. Um, no, I think he came out and said like, uh, we do not stand with Chris well, Noth. I think that was like Peloton had come out with their own press release about it. And then maximum effort when when the Hollywood Reporter, when the press came to them asking them for a statement, they said like, check out Peloton's statement. That's what I thought, or at least what I read. It could have been updated though, where Ryan did come out. I, I thought he came out, but maybe I was wrong. But um, Yeah, so I mean, 
by the way, their stock is not back up. <laughs> just for the record. Wow, look at that. And just like that. <laughs> and just like that. Although apparently their CEO has, um, he just dropped like 55 mil on a waterfront property in the Hamptons, despite the, the stock price. But anyway, um, we're not here to give financial advice. Lord knows that. Um, although the advice they will give is if you're thinking about writing your ex-wife into your will and leaving a million dollars, probably best not to do that. Um, okay. So <laughs> what, what were your thoughts about that? Did you think like some shady shit? Is it hush money? Are you feeling like he did it to apologize? If so, I feel like that like paints big and like as such a dick. Like, hey, no. I ruined your life. I broke your heart. I cheated on you. Married the woman I cheated on you with, which I think like the only thing worse than cheating on somebody mm-hmm. is cheating on somebody and then marrying the person. Or hmm, do you think that's worth or wor- worse? Or do you think it's worse to like, like to pull a Ben Affleck, like date somebody, get engaged to J-Lo, mm-hmm. that breaks off. Then you marry someone else and have children with them. And then like 20 years later, get back together. I think with the, your ex love. I think the Ben Affleck situation. Yeah, I think okay, that one is worse. worse. Yeah, because I think with like if like let's say Pierre and I were to like divorce and he or like he cheats on me with someone and then we get divorced and then he ends up marrying that person, at least I'd feel like, oh, it's because it's like his one true love kind of thing. You know what I mean? I Which would I would still grieve over, of course, because I'm supposed to be his one true love. <sighs> Pierre. Mark already has a plan if we ever get divorced. Isn't he like going to like Asia and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm going to be the creepy old white guy living in Thailand, just living it up. I'm like, okay. Like we would literally be like walking around Bangkok and people like, that's going to be me one day if we get divorced. I'm like, you talk about this a lot. Um, It's like lived it in his like head, like many nights. Like put it this way. If I ever magically have a heart attack one day and like nobody called 911, just, just remember that there was already like a contingency plan in place. Um, I'm going to get one of those like life lock things or like those buttons that I can press. So I don't have to worry about calling it myself. In the I've fallen and I can't get up from those commercials. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. 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 <laughs> like my favorite I, wonder, commercials. I wonder if I could get like a, a 32 year old uh, discount or something, but okay. So, okay. So, okay. So we've determined that it, it's better that he married Carrie. So Natasha yes. didn't feel like Exactly. Okay. Like he really didn't love me. It was that he loved her more. More. And exactly. she says that at the end of the episode. She does. And I think what's interesting here is like the whole money thing. So even Carrie says at the end, and this got me thinking about like, you know, love languages. Um, to thinking that night. Me thinking. Um about like love languages and, you know, Carrie makes the point. She was just like, well, you know, he was a finance guy. So this was probably his way of, you know, showing he cared and wanting to say sorry. And I just go back and think about like Pierre, like that would be some Pierre like type shit that he would do. And for those who of you who like may be listening in for the first time and don't know about Pierre, my dear husband, um, he's a little bit quiet. Um, so he's not really great with his words, but the way that he shows up is really through like acts of service, right? And gifts, like in the sweetest way possible. Um, you know, like if I'm having a bad day, like this is 
when we first got married, I was having like a pretty shitty day um, at this ad agency that I was working for, for like a very short period of time. Um, And he came to meet me in the city and he bought me like the blue diamond edition of um, The Little Mermaid since it's one of my favorite Disney movies. Got it for me on Blu-ray. And I was like, what? Like it was so unexpected, but it was just his way of like showing that he cares and loves. And it's like, oh, I was thinking of you. Um, And I think that that makes sense. Like for Big, who wasn't very good with his words. like Or emotions. Or emotions. Like that would be the way that he would show up or say, Hey, I'm sorry. Like, I know I fucked up. Um, especially since he didn't write that wrong, I think while he was alive. So like, there's a part of me that once again, because I tend to romanticize things, (laughs) who knew I'd be the homeless romantic on this show. Oh my God. Um, I think it, it was kind of fitting. And so is there a part of me that would be pissed if Pierre were to like give a million dollars to an ex? Um, I mean, first off, where the fuck did the million come from? <laughs> well, in, in, in there, right? Like, they have many, 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 many millions. Exactly. So, I kind of want to know what the percentage was. Because if it was, like, 10 bucks in, like, like their world, yeah, yeah, then I'd be like, oh, okay. But, like, if it was, like, a million dollars is, like, 10% of, you know, his net worth, then I'd be like, why the fuck are you giving her 10 You know what I mean? Like, I think also the percentages would, like, irk me. Like I said, I don't give a shit if it was like a piece of poop he left. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Like, yeah, but like, wouldn't no. it like piss you off even more? Right. So, like, for me, it's like, yes, I would still be irritated by it, but wouldn't it piss you off even more if it was a good chunk of your net worth versus if it were like equivalent to like yes. 10, 20 yes, bucks of in your wallet? Of course it would. Are you kidding? Okay. There we go. Sure. That's what but- I'm trying to make. <laughs> Sure. Oh, wait, no, I love when Charlotte was like, I mean, after taxes, it's only like four hundred and fifty thousand dollars <laughs> I was just like, you know, what's so sad is that I feel like that would be something that I would say, not because I ever will or have had that amount of money to, to make that statement, but I just feel like, you know, I'm very jaded in a lot of, in that respect, yep. um, just, you know, because of what we do, but it's just, I feel like I make stupid comments like that all the time. <laughs> but and, also like the fact that, oh, continue, sorry. No, I was just saying, but it's interesting because it's not like I have that kind of money to be mm-hmm. like, what do you, what, that's, that's, what? <laughs> and, and then it's like, but I think it's just like, <laughs> it's just funny because I was like, oh my God, I, I, we were watching the show last night mm-hmm. and when Charlotte's like on the phone with, uh, I think it was, it was Carrie, right? Or it was Miranda. Anyway. And Harry's like peeing in the background. Oh, yeah. And then she was like, Harry, I'm on the phone. I was like, oh my God, I'm the Charlotte. Like how did this, <laughs> I'm like the Charlotte, but with like a Samantha potty mouth. It's, it's a very weird thing. Yeah. Um, but, and then I was like giggling. I was like, oh my God, Mark is literally Harry. And I'm yep. <laughs> the vanilla bitch that thinks she deserves a park view <laughs> in the city. You deserve the world. You deserve the world, Alina. Um, What I also thought was like fucking hilarious, just because it's such a big sum of money, um, (laughs) like in the context of what we do, um, I thought it was fucking hilarious that she was like, yeah, I don't want the money. Like, just give it to charity. And I was sitting there, I was like, bitch, how much do you have, Natasha? Shit. (laughs) I'm sorry. What did you think? She was going from a hedge fund manager that like (laughs) married, um, embarrassed her to... I mean, to I like, know. I was going to make a comment, but to someone who didn't have millions, no. <laughs> she probably married like a Saudi prince or something. Yeah, like you, you, can't, <laughs> you can't just do that. Um, okay, so what did you think? Oh, wait, sorry. So before we move on to like the rest of the episode, we were talking about the whole 
Stanford drama with Charlotte. Mm. And I don't believe that they had drama throughout the seasons because I don't think he was like meant to be as like big of a character. Like obviously he was important, yeah, but he was never a part of like the core group. And I think that they're, they were hoping that he would replace Samantha as the oh. fourth. Don't break my heart, please. No, right? I mean, because yeah. suddenly he was like always there and like it was like this like dynamic between um, between Charlotte and Stanford and they were kind of like, there was like a push-pull for Carrie's attention. Yeah. So that's that's my take on that. Yeah. Um, so I agree with you. Um, I definitely felt it this, this episode when he was involved in their little brunch lunch thing that they did. Yeah. Um, yeah, I felt it was so off, like off brand, because it was like, I'm pretty sure that these two were okay in Sex in the City. And considering that he's with Anthony or married to Anthony and Charlotte and Anthony were best friends, like, yes. so maybe they're doing the play of like, oh, because Anthony and Sanford have like, you know, marital issues that like Charlotte is privy to that. And therefore, like, she's choosing Anthony's side potentially. Um, maybe that's the play that they're trying to make, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, I I find it quite strange that that was sort of like a forced storyline in this reboot. Yeah, no, I I definitely think that 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 was their intention, and obviously, it's so sad that Stanford will not be able to play that part. I wonder. Um, I wonder how they're going to incorporate that into the storyline. Like, I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to do that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I imagine it's going to be something like, oh, my God, it happened again. Like, you know, yeah. or him and Anthony. Like, let's be real. They don't even have any scenes together, which is like, they should never have been married. And well, that was whatever. like a very last thought. Like, I think everybody knew that this That's was so like stupid, like a last minute thought. They were like, oh, let's just like marry the two like gay characters in the show. Like, I was like, oh, what? Like, they never had. Yeah. That like, was never the plan. For that was never character. the plan. Exactly. And let's be real, that would never happen in real life. Mm-hmm. I never, agree. never. And I there's wonder. Two opposing personalities. Like it just, it didn't seem like it just. No. It seemed like a very like last minute thought. It would um, never happen in real life. But okay. So I have one big one for you because I okay. thought this whole scene, the way that they set it up was really interesting. So as we all know, last week, I kind of called it that Charlotte was going to have this whole identity crisis. Wait, Miranda. Um, no, Charlotte. I called Charlotte having an identity crisis around like the motherhood thing, like because, you know, she's always been prim proper, like very girly. Okay. There was going to be more of a storyline there between her and Rose. Um, and then lo and behold, what do we see happen in this episode where like Rose is like, I don't want to be called a girl anymore because I don't, you know, I don't feel like I'm a girl. And I thought it was really interesting when Charlotte and Anthony had their little conversation off to the side and Charlotte is trying to be a very supportive mother of like, what do I do? Like, how do I act? Blah, blah, blah. And Anthony was like, ignore it. She's a kid. And I was like, interesting that HBO took it down this path. And I thought the dialogue was intriguing too, because it steered very much in the middle, but still a little bit potentially could be like cancel culture-ish because it's, you know, in this day and age, I feel like there's such sensitivity, especially as a parent, like when your child says something like that, like how do you approach it so that A, you don't traumatize them, like you want them to feel like they're open and loved and they can come to you with anything. But he just like, I thought it was hilarious that he was like, well, you know, she said she was a dog when she was like, what, like a few years ago, uh, but clearly she she isn't a dog now. And I was like, 
Oh my God, Anthony. So I thought it was interesting that the way that they took the dialogue made it kind of comical and made it like very non-pressury, but I wanted to like hear your thoughts on it because I was like, huh. Okay. So first of all, I think it it was the the first episode because it was when um, Charlotte was trying to get Rose to wear that dress Mm -hmm. that I, I remember thinking like when I saw her outfit of choice, Mm -hmm. Like, oh, okay. So she's just like not a girly girl. Like maybe she's Mm going to be a tomboy or something like that. Right. But I was just like, it it, it didn't necessarily like have a definitive thought or opinion about it, but I was like, hmm, something to keep out, like keep an eye on. Um, So I thought Charlotte was going to have a completely different reaction. Although I guess like if you look back on the season, she was always very like feminist and she was always, you know, like telling people like Samantha, like Samantha, don't say that. Like you can't call... I think, I think an example, but for her, it's always been about like wanting to be perfect in her response. Okay. Yes. That's the thing. Yes. Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I guess like, I also think of her as very much like there's like a particular like image that the Upper mm-hmm. East Side yep. has. And so, you know, I imagine that's very difficult for like a waspy family to suddenly have, you know. I, I don't know. I didn't come from that kind of family, but I would imagine that when you think about people who typically have some trouble with with these types of revelations, mm-hmm. it's usually those people. Um, so I I felt yes, I was shocked as well. Actually, I completely forgot about that, but I remember being like, "Oh shit!" Like mm-hmm. this could be some controversial shit that they're getting into right now. Mm-hmm. And I, it's interesting that I feel like they keep making Anthony that person, like the fall guy. Yeah. Because he's a minority himself. Yeah. 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 Maybe. Mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, psychologically honest where it's like, mm -hmm. oh, he's a minority that said it. You know what I mean? It's like, okay. Really be mad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, um, I, 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 I imagine that they set it up that way. A, for that reason, like, let's face it. Right. Mm -hmm. B, I also think that it was. So that the episode, uh, this the scene where Miranda, or they're they're at Che's comedy show, mm-hmm. which I don't think that that was like a comedy show. Like that wasn't very like stand up comedy ish. I think that was more like influential. But anyway, um, where then like Charlotte obviously has that revelation. Like oh shit! Like that's how I want my daughter to feel. So mm-hmm. so I feel like they wanted you to think that she was going to go down the path of ignoring the whole like. Rose, um, I don't want to be, you know, I don't want you to call me a girl thing. And then they, they like very clearly Charlotte's like, okay, this is obviously the experience that I want my daughter to have Yeah. while also setting you up for the Miranda, mm-hmm. the Miranda Che dynamic, which it was so obvious that that's what was going to happen when they had yeah. that interaction at the funeral. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. I also think before we get into Miranda and Che, um, what do we think about the storyline that's being built up around Miranda's alcoholism? I don't know. I like I, I I didn't see it. I didn't really see it coming. I also think that that's a nod to COVID in a sense, or I think that like they want you to think that it's a nod to COVID, and I think that that's probably something. I don't know. Maybe that was the inspiration, right? Because let's be real, there was a period in COVID where nobody knew what the hell to do with themselves, and it was like mm-hmm. oh nine thirty a.m. Where's my white claw? Like, and 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 no, like. Uh, we laugh, but it's it's true. But it's I'm true. Sure that, yeah, I'm. I, I know it's true. You and I would talk about it, and, and it, <laughs> you know. Uh, but it's just like I, I think that there are probably a lot of people that haven't been able to like pull it back. Mm. 
And like, I'm sure that for a little while, like I took it a little bit too far, you know, it was just, it was truly out of boredom. And like, there were periods of my time when like, I would be in my group chat and we would all be like, all right, guys, like, I think it's time to like take a break. Like when's the last time you, you know, went on a day without having a glass of wine. And so we would all be like, cool. Like we're not going to drink for two or three nights or whatever it is. I think it was more just like to like test, like, okay, I can do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I think that like, it's a very, again, I think it was a very real thing. And, um, I think it's interesting and I'm, I, I don't know how they're going to continue to develop it. I wonder if it has to do with like her and Steve. I wonder if now she's going to become a pothead and like, is that okay? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think Che's a very good influence though, necessarily on Miranda. I just, I don't really know what they're trying to do with Miranda's character. I think that's why I'm so confused because it seems very disjointed, all of the things that are happening right now with her and her character. So it's like, A, we have her being sort of like the socially acceptable mom who's like letting her kid have sex in the house while she's there, which I also, I feel like we need to touch upon that question later because I have thoughts. Um, Secondly, you know, the whole her going to get her mat or like an additional master's or whatever in human rights um, and the whole like dynamic, like racial dynamic thing that's tied to her storyline. And then you have on top of that, like her own sexual identity storyline. And then you have the the storyline around like whether or not her and Steve are still going to be like good because she says in this episode, you know, we're like roommates with a kid and a dessert fetish or whatever it is. So, and then all of a sudden it's like, you put on top of that, the alcoholism thing. I just, it's a lot and it just feels very disjointed. And so I have no fucking idea where her storyline is going. And like the fact too, that they're like, bringing it up in like little snippets like her going into a bar at 11 a.m for example and then like her with the bottles but it's not becoming an outward problem like I guess I just don't know yeah I I just don't know where they're going with it so I wonder first of all whether or not she had a say in like the director uh, sorry in the direction that her character was going to take right because I do think that a lot of the storylines that they're like creating Mm -hmm. I don't want to say mirror like her actual life, but obviously we know that she is, um, she's a lesbian, right? Mm -hmm. They're clearly going down that path, which I think is cool. Um, The whole, um, the human rights and like wanting to be, you know, an activist and like woke and all the above, like she ran for mayor in New York. Mm -hmm. That's true. So I don't know too much about her platform, but I know that she's like an activist and she's like very into um, that kind of stuff. And so I imagine that she has those beliefs in real life, right? Yeah. Um, The whole hair thing, the age thing, I wonder what that's about as well, right? Because that's a big piece of her age. Oh, yeah. Remember in the first episode? Yeah, but I feel like that was their way of like introducing the show in the sense of like, we're now going to deal with things that are related to this age group now because they're older, right? And so I thought it was like their, it was like a very sex in the city, city, city. Why are we both like lisping? I don't know. Um, It's a very sex in the city type way, I think, of bringing up something that has like darker undertones, but like in a more comedic light, right? Like, Typically, women are shamed when we get older as to like how we look, and women are expected to you know dye their hair and shit like that. So I Same. thought it was. I like, think that there's just an expectation, and that's like a societal exactly. like standards of beauty. I don't think it has anything to do with being shamed. Nobody has ever looked at me and been like, "Bitch, you better dye that hair." Go make an appointment. You know, for have your, you met my mother? Um, 
Um, hello. <laughs> I don't know. No, who you've been but hanging out with I, I, to be no, but to be honest, yes, right. I think that obviously it happens, but I think in general, I think from a cultural perspective and just like from a societal perspective, yeah, I think if anything, it's more of an internal thing that women feel nowadays, and I think that a lot of that has sure. to do with Instagram. Sure. I think that what we see these like models and filters and all the above and fillers mm-hmm. and the Kardashians, I think that it's just the standards of beauty are just unrealistic, and you have to you have to keep up with your appearance and maintain yourself. Um, but I also think on the flip side, there's all these things where I know like some influencers, I think want to be more likable. And so they'll post like a, without a filter picture. And it's like, well, bitch, if you know that it's not real, why the fuck are you continuing to like make me feel like shit at seven o'clock in the morning when I'm scrolling while laying in bed, you know? So I don't know. Um, okay, but fine, fine. Maybe that's, maybe that's what it is. And, um, it's funny you say that because my, our friend Janet, when I like kind of debriefed on the show with her just very quickly on the phone, she, she was just like, Oh my God, the show is freaking me out. Like we're getting older. So it like had that effect on somebody like, Oh my God, we're old. We're going to be gray. Oh my God. People are going to die. You know, like Mm. people are going to go through these horrible life events or whatever. I love Um, that you call them horrible life And I'm I'm sitting over here like, "Mm, I've already caught like maybe 10 grays in my hair. And I'm just like, "Eh, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Gray hairs. I mean, like (laughs) losing a husband. Oh, (laughs) I mean, look, like, but I mean, it's either way. Like you could, I mean, knock on wood, this will never happen. Like pray to God, like avoid all of this. Um, But you know, you could lose someone that you love very dearly tomorrow. Right. Like we don't know. So, but I do get the point of like, we are getting older and therefore these are like things in our future that are being brought to our face now of like actual things that we'll have to look, look, look forward to. Oh my God. Don't say it like that. So, you know, you it's like weird because I just made this comment, but then what you said made me think about this. The day after I watched everything, um, you know, scrolling as we do. <laughs> and um, I was actually really, it was like a moment of like, holy shit, because one of um, someone that I'm friends with on Facebook from college, she posted like, rest in peace, you know, so-and-so, blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, is this her husband? And like, she's like my age, like 32, 33. That's so scary. And I like, obviously, you know, kind of went down the rabbit hole a little bit. And I, I, it was just like weird to see it and think about it like, oh yeah, like in your fifties that can happen. And then like, Mm -hmm. it it appears this, this person's, um, you know, husband and they just got married. Like they had their like wedding postponed a couple of times in COVID and then they got married. It was like earlier this year, but still, um, and then he died of cancer. And I was just like, oh my God, like, holy shit. Like here I am thinking, oh, I've got 20, you know, 20 something years to think about that. And now it's knock on wood. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, oh wow. Like, no, that's not actually 20, you know, however many years Mm -hmm. down the road, like that can happen now. So, um, yeah, but no. Okay, fine. So the hair thing, they're just annoying her. I feel like she's going to go back to red at some point. She's going to give into peer pressure. I think like they're shifting her character to such an extreme degree that I feel like they want to remove or create as much space between her new character versus who she was. And so I think she's going to stay gray, but who knows? Yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah. I just feel like right now, everything lending to her storyline is very disjointed and I don't know yes. where they're going to take it. And so maybe next episode, there'll be more clarity around it. But until then I'm just like, this is confusing. Um, okay. So top of mind thought really, and I want to get your perspective on this because 
I had feelings when I saw this in the first, um, I can't remember if this is in the first episode or the second episode. I think it was in the first episode where Miranda and Steve seem to have been very open parents. Um, and it seems like they are allowing their son Brady to have sex in the household while they are there with the girlfriend, which by the way, the girlfriend is kind of a bitch and says some pretty shady shit. And I would just be like the disrespect at the fuck out of my house. So, you know how I feel about that, but yeah, I'm kind of curious, like what you're thinking about that. Okay. So, um, the scene was actually the opening scene of episode two. Oh, there we go. So. If you watched it when it was, you know, when it was um, launched, I guess, or when it premiered, you watched Big Die. Big Die, yep. Mm-hmm. And then you immediately watched Little Brady riding his girlfriend and Miranda. Railing and his girlfriend, like, yes. I, yeah, railing. So I was horrified and I was just like, where the fuck are they going with this? Big is dead or Carrie's killing Big. Somebody's got to go save this motherfucker. Call 911, and this is what you're showing me. So, um, yes, I was a little bit horrified. And then when, like, obviously he was like, we're not going to be sex shamed. And then they were they were making oh, yeah. out at the recital and blah, 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 blah. Um, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. And let me just tell you something right now. I don't care if you call me old school. I don't care if my kid fucking hates me one day. Like, I know you're going to do it and just be safe about it. And if you have any questions, fine. Yeah. But don't, I just think it's so disrespectful to do that blatantly. And uh, no, no, I would, I would sooner cut your dick off, put it on a jar on the shelf and you can sew it back on when you move out of my house. Then I would let you do that the way that you <laughs> oh do that. God. And then, and then that little bitch, let me like, she's yeah. so rude calling them old and stuff. Hell no, no, absolutely not. I, I have like a. I, I know there are people who like make it work and I think that's amazing. But like mm-hmm. if there was ever any kind of like discord between, you know, my partner and my family or me and their family, no, I, no, I feel very strongly about, about that. And like, I know that there are obviously like situations when you're like a little bit older, but when you're 18, I would be like little bitch. Yep. yep. Get the fuck out. I um the whole sex shaming thing. I was just like Ugh. laughing so hard on my couch when I saw that. I was like, oh my god, give me a break. Um, I get it. Like our generation in particular, I think. Well, I'm going to speak for myself because I did have immigrant parents, and you know, I grew up Muslim. It was just a very, very different world for me growing up where it's like, you don't talk about sex. Like it's not happening. You are staying virginal princess until marriage. Um, So very, very different. And so it's just like really funny to me, like to see like what the other end of the spectrum is. Like in my head growing up, like no way in hell was that even like a potential option with my parents. Like it wasn't even a possibility that floated in my fucking head any way, shape or form. So to see that play out, I was like, huh? Like, I wonder if that is actually doable. Like for me, I want to be open with my kids about sex, about like, Hey, this is what it is. This is how to stay safe. You know, like you want to make sure you're doing it with someone that you care about. Like these are the repercussions with unprotected sex, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But do I want them like railing their respective, like significant other, like up next to my, my wall <laughs> of like where my bed is? Nah, yeah, I'm no, I'm good. I'm good off that. Um, no. 
y'all can have sex in the car. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I think what I would literally do is I would go in there and I would embarrass the shit out of them and be like, do that shit again yep. in my face. Yep. <laughs> and and you now live with Louisa's parents or whatever her name is, or Lisa, I don't remember her name. <laughs> um, no. Yeah, I, I agree. I think... I think like my mom was very like liberal in how she raised us. Like we didn't necessarily have like bedtime or like, I think we had curfews, but optional. Um, but I still just would never, ever, ever in this lifetime disrespect my my parents like that blatantly. Yeah. At least try to hide it from me. Like at least pretend that you give a shit about me as like your authority figure because that's what I am. And <laughs> no, no, I, I, no, I, no, I don't, I don't agree with that. And I think that it's like, I think that's like a little bit of a stupid and like a little bit of a dangerous storyline. Mm. But that's just me. Interesting. I don't know. I don't ever want to see that again. I think it's weird. It feels like porno- like child pornography. It does feel I'm not ready off. to be canceled like for watching this inadvertently. Also, once again, lots of police activity outside. Um, so if you can hear it, I apologize. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, no, I'm, I'm done with it. You can stop putting that in our faces. We don't care. Like, I actually don't care about Brady's sex life. Well, I wonder if it's because they're going to do some kind of a storyline where like this bitch gets like put in place because I really want her to. I don't think so. I don't think so. Right. Because no, I don't think so. I think it's probably like just lending itself to like Miranda wanting to be a little bit more open with her sexuality and explore that. But I don't like, I don't care. I don't care about your underage child's sex life. Like I have no interest. Don't want to see it. Don't want to know about it. You can like make a comment about it at brunch, but that's it. I will say it is like an interesting premise though, to bring up. Um, Because like I said, for me, because I, like I grew up in such like, you know, closed mindset of what we could and couldn't do for me seeing that I was like, I was like, there are people who raise their kids like this. What? (laughs) I don't think it's like, as common though, as they're like making it seem, but I, I don't know, know what I would love to do a poll on Twitter and actually see like how many parents are that open with their kids versus how many aren't. Like, I think that would be intriguing to see. Do you like ask that question? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Let's do it. Let, let, let's open this up to the public and we'll find out mm-hmm. their opinions. Do you give a fuck about Brady's sex life or do you agree with Miranda's parenting style? Those are my two questions. Pretty much. And I'll answer that. I'll answer mine. No, don't give a shit. B, don't agree. Fair enough. Um, okay. I have another question for you. Um, okay. And this was based on when Carrie started to fucking lose her shit. Um, and she started kind of going through big stuff. Um, a, oh how do you not know that that's your landline number? Just lol. Oh my hardcore. God, I thought that too. I was I like, what? Um, Why but, do you have a landline? Exactly. Actually. That's so weird. Um, but then secondly, I thought what was interesting was the um, that she couldn't access his computer. I was like, huh. Like she doesn't have his like password computer. And then I thought about it and I was like, wait, I don't have Pierre's password computer or like his computer's password. So I wouldn't be able to access his computer if something were to happen. I was like, huh. I wonder like, do people have each other's passwords like that willy nilly? Yes. (laughs) Um, I know you and Mark, like you pretty much like own everything in his life, right. In regards to like the passwords to all of the accounts and shit. So I'm going to assume that, you know, all of the things. So I couldn't get into his work computer. 
Okay. I don't know that, but everything else pretty much. Huh. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So even like his like gaming computer at home, like you have access to that. I don't know if he has a password on that. Huh. Okay. That's interesting. I don't know if like there's even internet on that thing, to be honest. I think it's like just that game. Well, no, because I don't know, maybe you he have plays to have the- internet in order to <laughs> access the... <laughs> I don't know. No, but I, but I did think that that was like an interesting thing to bring up. I do think that it made Carrie look a little bit like naive and like, come on, come on. Like yeah. you don't know your own... I thought the same thing. Like, you don't know your own phone number? Like, yeah, that wow. was weird. Um, but I was thinking about that. Like once they're gone, is it okay to go through their privacy, their private things? I was just thinking that too. Well, I mean, if you're married, you shared like a life together. Like I would say yes, but I would think that you would know. It's like, yeah, that's a drop a million dollars on his ex-wife. That's true. That's also a fair point. Um, but maybe he was like, oh, she'll deal with it when I die. I don't want to deal with the drama of it when I'm alive. Like, I could just see men doing some shit like that. Like, knowing I other see women doing that too. But I also feel like if you're sure. doing that, you know you're doing some shady shit, motherfucker. <laughs> so why not own up to it? That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I wouldn't give a shit if Pierre goes through my stuff. Would I? Do I have anything that's like... I don't have anything that's worth going through, so... Yeah, I don't have anything crazy, honestly. Um... And Pierre has the password to my phone and stuff. And I'm pretty sure he'd be able to access my laptop stuff. So yeah, it basically just got me thinking. I just need the password to his computer. So Pierre, if you're listening to this, I'm going to start asking. Write it down on a post-it and leave it in a blazer for her to find one day. (laughs) And then I'll be like, what is this? Like naively. Jesus Christ. And maybe make it into a riddle. So Maddie has to guess what it is. (laughs) She has to like go on a scavenger hunt to figure it out. And it turns out it's Mellow's birthday, but it's written in like hieroglyphics or something. Get out of here. Um, Yeah. I mean, other than that, I guess the last thing we need to touch on is like Miranda and Trey, like that whole thing. Oh, no. I was going to say Natasha. That whole interaction. Fair enough. Look, I think Miranda and Trey, I think that this is going to develop. And I think it's obviously a thing. They're clearly going to like hook up. Mm -hmm. I think, I don't know if Che is my favorite character mm. i'm not gonna lie i it has nothing to do with her like sexual orientation or anything like that i just think she's like a little bit like a little too in your face and i'm like okay like i need you to like just take it down a couple notches like you're at a 10 i need you to be at like a seven mm. at least um but maybe that's what miranda needs i don't know I love Steve, but I'm also like, Steve, you're kind of just ornamental at this point. And like his hearing thing is annoying me. Like where your fucking hearing aid. So I don't know. I but, also like going back to the whole like no sex in years thing. Like what? Yeah. How? How could you tell me like, oh, like we haven't had sex in years. And just so casually too at that. Like yeah. what? I, I, I literally like, there was a moment where like my brain almost like failed to compute. Like it was like 404 error, like page not found in my head once <laughs> she said that. I think like a lot of, a lot of movies and shows and whatever, I think that that's how they want to portray marriage in general. And so it's like, okay, this is like a little bit of an old storyline. Fair. And I, I, I just think it's, it's a little corny, but. But like life. I got to write him off somehow, so. 
Life imitates art. Art imitates life though, right? Like where are they getting it from? There are probably couples who haven't had sex in years. Oh no, a hundred percent. I think that that's, but I also think it's like a little bit annoying that that's like everybody's mentality and everybody believes yeah. that. And maybe that Fair is enough. the norm, but I don't know. I just think it's like, okay, it's a little bit corny. Like find a more creative way to write him off the show. Fair enough. I agree I mean, with they, that. They shocked us all with big so they can do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Okay. So Natasha and Carrie. First of all, showing up at her office and being like, hey, I'm here after she blocked you on Instagram. Did you think that was going to work? Excessive. I would have called the cops on that bitch. Yeah. Excessive. Personally, I wouldn't have just sent my little assistant out. I would have literally called the cops and made a statement and been like, try to, try to approach me again and I will kill you. I mean, you know what though? I feel like with Carrie, like this was some of the old sex in the city shit. Like, I don't remember, I don't know if you remember this episode where she met this guy, started dating him, was at his house. He like went for a run or went somewhere for work and he told her you can oh, see yeah. She started like going through his apartment because she was like spiraling a little bit as to like, he, there has to be something wrong with him. He's like too perf- perfect. Yeah. Um, and so I, I like felt ruined it because it came, he came exactly. home. Exactly. Yeah. It like is very reminiscent of that for me. Um, like the way that she spiraled with this in particular. Um, well, she did it with Natasha yeah, in, in, the, in the old series. Do you remember when she like goes crazy mm-hmm. to get a ticket to that women's luncheon and Natasha was yep. hosting mm-hmm. and then Natasha didn't show up and then she she had like a gra- grammatical error in the thank you. And Carrie was like floating. She was like, the woman's an idiot. Yeah, It's like, okay, I think that's a pretty common mistake. Like I don't approve of it, but she's not a writer. So many thoughts about it. I like, I feel like it was, yes, it made sense to like Carrie's like precedence, the precedence that she set um, from previous episodes from Sex and the City. But at the same time, like, yeah, like you're a grown ass woman. Like I would expect you to have like grown and matured <laughs> and not play out the same fucking habits and patterns. And I also think this is a way for her to keep herself busy and not deal with the grief. Cause I still I think know grief is going to be. I mean, we don't know. We don't know what else they've written in the show. We don't know like if she's ever going to deal with her grief in a way that is like yeah. healthy. Like, let's be real. I don't know. I, to be honest, I'm more inclined to think, I appreciate your romanticism, but I'm, I'm more inclined to think that like, they were like, we got to get rid of big. I think that they needed to bring the old Carrie back. They needed to like have her running around New York. They needed to have her fabulous. And like, you know, I, I think her have, cooking dinner and listening to a record a night with big, which is not going to cut it for an entire series. Mm-hmm. So I think that, I think that they're going to rush that. And I don't think that they're going to explore the grief. I personally think that it's just going to be, we want old Carrie back. We want to bring back the Carrie that's... Yeah questioning things and doing things and she's fabulous and she's this and she's that. And, and so I think that it was more an effort to bring back old Carrie and what we know and what we loved about the first show. Fair enough. Fair point. I I also do think it's like, it's typical of her to have jealousy and insecurity. I also think that it's typical of her to like do stupid shit. Um, But I was more like annoyed, like, okay, fine. So she goes to her office. Cool. That's, that's Carrie. She gets turned away and then Natasha sees her uh, pointing at her weird but uh, again that to me felt like the old sex and city but then the whole like scene where she happens to walk in on natasha peeing at a coffee shop burning herself and then yeah. natasha finds it out of the goodness of her heart to like make her a little ice well, an ice pack instead of just asking for ice at the coffee shop I think it was also like a nod to their episode when Natasha walked in on her in the apartment 
after her and Big had their little rendezvous and Natasha ended up falling down the stairs and breaking her nose. And then so Carrie took her to the hospital. So I think it's like, it's like a nod to that of like, well, you helped me. And so now I'm helping you, but like, we're good now. Like it's over. I think that's what it was. And once again, this is just like me being poetic and like the romantic that I am. Maybe, maybe (laughs) because then if not, what else was the point of that? It's not like Natasha gave her any information. That's true. Yeah. I mean, she didn't. And I I also thought that was interesting too, because I feel like the million dollars at the end of the day doesn't mean anything, but I think it's because Carrie is now second guessing their relationship or the happiness that they had. Yeah. Which is also like, come on, if we're really going to do this for another whole series, like let's all just go back and watch Sex and the City the first. Exactly. I agree with you. And especially now that you guys killed off big, like, why are we still playing on this trope? Yeah. Like, like, let's move on. Let's move on. If we're going to move on, you've already devastated us. Peloton's canceled him. You've canceled him. Hollywood reporters all over this. Let them take this and run with it. Let's move on with our lives. Carrie needs to go hook up with Aiden or something. Oh, I know. Aiden back. I hope so. There's a part of me that hopes for it. But then again, he also had like two kids, supposedly. Too good for her. He is. And she treated him like trash and he was clearly the best option, but whatever. That's just my, no, I always wanted her to end up with big, but I think that Aiden's too good for her. And that's why I wanted her to end up with. Yeah. I mean, they're like the perfect, like pair of toxic for one another. Her and Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, they're both a little bit crazy. Mm -hmm. He's a little bit of a dick. A little bit. Well, he is, but so I actually said this, um, to, I don't remember who I was pinging or who I was texting about with this, but I was saying like, I could, I feel like Big's character, maybe it was you when I was saying like, I feel like Big's character on the original series, like he 100% would have been somebody that like you could imagine would be part of the Me Too movement and not on the positive side of it. Like, like he was always a little creepy. So it was a little mysterious. He was always like mm-hmm. making those weird, like blink, like, uh, You know, like, that's like, kind of like, I, that's what I imagine. Like like, he would call women dolls and like pat them on the butt kind of thing. Exactly. Like, like, like like those types. Creepy uncle vibes Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. doesn't have kids of his own because he's probably a creepy man. Um, I feel like just because we're on the topic, have you read the Hollywood report article? I didn't read the whole thing. Yeah. I didn't get a chance. Um, I feel really bad for his wife because supposedly one of the incidents was when he was married. Or I is married though, while he was married. I thought, though, that he admitted to cheating on her. Oh, did he publicly before? I thought so. I thought that... I, so I was, like, browsing a whole bunch of articles when I saw this, and so I just mm-hmm. haven't read the actual article. I thought that he... I mean, I feel awful for her either way, but mm-hmm. I thought that he already admitted to cheating on her. Mm-hmm. But, there, like, obviously, it, there weren't details of, like, it being sexual assault. Yeah. I mean... Either way, whether or not she knew about this indiscretion or not, to have to like, even let's say that like she knew about it, they worked through it, she decided to stay with him and then to have it come back up again, just to have it in your face, whether or not yeah, it's about, it's of this nature or if if it's just he cheated on you, like mm. that's got to suck. And, and I mean, I think that she's, you know, a really big casualty or collateral damage of this. And it's, it's well, just so sad. And his kid with her too. Like they have a kid. They have two. They have to, there we go. Two kids. Yeah. They like, have like a 13 year old and then like a six month old or something like that. That's which is so sad. horrifying. I mean, if you, I mean, once you get through the article, I think what's most alarming is that there's similarities between the two stories. Yes. AKA. So I, he, I know details. He loves fucking in front of mirrors apparently, which, 
okay, cool. But like the fact that they're like very similar in detail as like the way that he likes to have sex is interesting one. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then I think what's most alarming about one of them in particular is that, um, a, she was bleeding. She had to go to the hospital. The cops were called. She said she didn't want to make a report because, you know, he was like high and mighty during that period of time. Um, and that her friend, who is a psychologist, is actually a corroborating witness, saying that like she wasn't normal. She came back, her demeanor was different, typical signs of like, you know, trauma, et cetera, et cetera. Like it is, it's, it's a lot. A lot. So yeah. Chris Noth, I like. He's Bye. fucked. <laughs> He's fucked. Yeah. I so. mean, that's all. Uh, well, TBD on what happens with that. But yeah. on a lighter note, um, this is a great, but I think a very long <laughs> recap and review. Um, I am excited to see what happens. I think it's going to be interesting to see the development, we'll say, of Miranda. Yeah. I think that's the one that I'm just Charlotte. like, where the fuck is this going? So yeah. I'm also excited for Carrie to start dating because we all know it's coming. I wonder if she's going to, like, get on Raya. <laughs> Wait, what is Raya? Raya is, a, like, celebrity Bumble or Tinder or whatever. Like, you have to be accepted. And, like, they they know if you, like, take a screenshot of a celebrity's profile and then kick you off. Like, Channing Tatum is known to be on it. I think Ben Affleck was on it. Oh, my yeah, God. It's like, it's like, Stop. It's, really? It's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. I just, I mean, I just wonder. They're, they're calling, I mean, they literally use Peloton as, like, a, murder weapon. So wonder <laughs> if they're going to just like straight up call it Raya or Bumble or whatever it is, or, you know, how that's going to go. So yeah, probably like whatever other like brand placement, like company that they worked with, they're all probably calling right now being like, ah, uh, what's the storyline? What's the storyline? Is um, it going to be, oh my God, imagine <laughs> if it's like a divorce or something due to someone meeting someone on Tinder. Oh my God, that would... <laughs> Again, if I'm just saying, if something like that happens, I really do. I really do have concerns about society and just how, in, like, not gullible, but influent, influenceable, like susceptible What's, we are to other people's influence and media's influence in particular. Yes, yeah, a fictional show. It's not oh, like yeah. it's like a news article about it. It wasn't I like, know. oh my god, Peloton. Did you see the Peloton in the background? You know, like, um, kind of like the concept of like predictive programming, like the belief that there's like certain mediums and shows and stories that will be told that it actually like almost like creates predictive programming in our brain on a subconscious level as to how things will play out or things will be. Um, and so like the, I, I wonder if like that Peloton thing is it, it's like a part of that science too. Probably. LOL. Look at me nerding out. <laughs> I know you, ma- you managed to, to bring the brain in even on a, on a, <laughs> On a <laughs> on a lighthearted like show review. Um, awesome. All right. We'll, we'll see y'all next episode. So there you have it. Thank you so much for joining us again on The Basic in the Brain. Be sure to join us next week for our next spin on intellectualizing our basic bitch interests. Be sure to join us and don't forget to like and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Tweet us at Basic and Brain and follow us at The Basic and the Brain on Instagram. Give us feedback. Tell us what you love, what you don't love. Tell us what topics you'd like for us to cover. And we'll talk to you all later. <laughs> <laughs>